I'm probably going to go with um, whatever the fuck the to everything to everything there's a season cuz I like the bird song. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Molly Glover, Nick Glover, and Tim Wick. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we're talking about the Amazon Prime show, Invincible. It's by Robert Kirkman, it was a comic first, and it's so fucking bloody. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I am your host, Molly Glover, joined as always by my co-hosts, Tim Wick. Hello. And Nick Glover. Think, Molly. Think. Uh, it's just think, Molly, actually. Uh, if you've the read comic, the comic, he oh, says think twice. But in the show, it's just, we're here to talk about Invincible. Invincible. Invincible by Robert Kirkman. The comic uh, made into the uh, animated series on Netflix. Amazon. Nope, Amazon Prime. Shit. On Amazon Prime, the Netflix of billionaires. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, Invincible on Amazon Prime. And if we're a little squirrely, it's because this is our first real full episode recorded in person. Oh my God, yeah. you guys are sitting right next we to me. We are right it's next nuts. to each other in Nick's nuts. and my basement. Uh, we recorded a patron-only episode first. So if you want, you can uh, uh, join us on Patreon. Yeah. And you would get to listen to that episode. Uh, but that was the very first episode we recorded, so this is technically the second. That said, it's the first full Geeks of the God episode. Yeah, the first one for everybody. For everybody. It's pretty uh, exciting. Except for Jeremy. And it's not, this one's not for him. Fuck nope. you, Jeremy. No. Uh, that said, we are here to talk about Invincible, and we're going to spoil the shit out of it. Oh, oh my God. God. Uh, and there is some shit to spoil, for real. If you haven't read this, uh, don't read anything about it. Just go watch the first episode. If you've read the comic, it's probably pretty safe to listen. Yes. Uh, um, we might talk about the order in which some things occur that get changed, but I really don't think you'd be spoiled very no, much. No, no. I feel like 90% of the spoiling the shit out of it is in the first episode. I really think so, yes. Um, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. if you watch the first episode and you're like, this is dumb, I don't need to watch anymore, come on back and listen to our episode. But yeah. until then, please, this is like the good place level spoilers in the sense that it will it, it's pretty shocking and great. So go watch it. We'll be here. For the rest of you uh, who've read and or watched this show, how yeah. fucking great was Invincible? I, I, I don't want to say I knew it was going to be good, but I'm a big fan of the comic. Mm -hmm. I just reread all 12 uh, of the hardcovers. Omnibus. Uh, Omnibus. And I... <laughs> knowing the source material and that Robert Kirkman was, in, was in, involved and that the casting was because mm. that information had been out for a while. I knew it had to be good. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't. I wasn't. Or at least not bad. Tim, you had. Have you read Invincible? No, I haven't read. So Invincible. you went in blind. Uh, a bit. Uh, I want to be clear that I believe Invincible has been discussed on this podcast as something uh, Nick was looking forward to at least three or four times, <laughs> uh, and I was well aware of the main spoiler. Okay. Of, uh, of the, of the uh, entire series. So it wasn't... Well, I knew it was coming. I've, I've been watching it with my younger son, Devin, and he did not know it was coming. Was and he shocked? still doesn't know what the deal is. Ooh, and I'm just not, not telling him. Because because uh, we... Full disclosure, I have only watched the first six episodes to record this the, before we recorded this because I've been having a little bit of a family health crisis. So anyway, I got through six of the eight. I haven't seen the last two episodes yet. I don't care about spoiling. So yeah. good, Nick and Molly episodes. are going to spoil away. I will. I will. Um, uh, so just in case we're all just so the spoiler. I mean, it, it's uh, that uh, Mark Stad Omni Man Omni Man is uh, is evil for lack of a better term, right? Like I mean, amoral at least, right? Like yeah, and a, a, a race of fascist superman yeah uh who came to earth specifically to well i mean to protect it sure but to like protect it protected so for his own race. take it over yeah when necessary yeah yeah and I, so we, we haven't gotten to the point where that that fully has been revealed mm. we know we know because it happens in episode one we know that omni-man has been hiding some I mean, shit. I mean, he murdered what seven the people. Guardians of like, the he globe. murders the yeah. Guardians of the Globe. Like, he, so he we murdered know. the Justice League. Not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we know that he's he's a bad 
man. Yeah. But we don't know exactly why. So Devin is still like, what's going on with that? We don't really know why he killed the Guardians oh, of the Globe yet. Yeah. And I'm like, I do, but I'm not telling him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's great. So. Uh, the cast is amazing. Uh, we have, uh, I should have pulled this up because I'm not going to really remember it off the top of my head. Uh, Glenn from Walking Dead, <laughs> whose name I can't, uh, he plays Mark. Yeah, uh, we it's have Stephen Yuen. Uh, Stephen Yuen, who's invincible. J. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson is his dad. Hey, J.K. <laughs> Simmons. Simmons. As Nolan uh, Grayson. Uh, his mom is uh, Killing Eve. Sandra Oh. <laughs> Sandra Oh. Uh, these are all of his shows. You should definitely watch. Yeah, they're, they're uh, fine. And then who's Adam Eve? I can't. Jillian Jacobs from Jillian Community. Jacobs. So we got got a, she's a real Brita. We got a real Brita playing Adam Eve. Yep. And then his best friend. Is um, a- Andrew uh, Rennells. Andrew Rennells, who uh, was in Book of Mormon and also played... God, who was he recently? He was in a show recently, uh, and I cannot remember it. But, uh, yeah, it's it's really... I mean, it's an amazing cast. Uh, it's really, it's really well-voiced. Nick had some problems with the animation. I will say I'm really inured to rough animation. I think it's because I fell in love with Dr. Katz as a teenager. And if you haven't watched Dr. Katz, it was uh, uh, an animation style called Squiggle Vision, which is what they patented because their animation wasn't good and everything right. moved around all the time. So I'm, I'm, and I'm also not an art person, but uh, you said, Nick, that you felt the animation was really rough at times. So... There's a there's this joke meme about like their their voice talent budget versus the animation budget and how well you know what the discrepancy there might be. Yeah. Um I think they definitely uh did two things that work in their favor for the animation. They saved their animation budget for the action. Like the action scenes look better than the still scenes with conversation, which is fine because um Invincible is a very decompressed comic. Uh, there are lots of panels where people are talking and art gets reused in panels mm-hmm. with very slight changes, um, kind of like you might see in like cell animation to save animation mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. drawing time. Uh, it it is the comic is so decompressed in points that they actually make jokes about decompression being a cheap way to save comic labor mm-hmm. when Mark is meeting the uh, writer of Science Dog. Who is not in this show? It is Seance Dog is the comic. Yeah, that he's... was a weird switch. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I I feel like yeah, the animation was kind of cheap and kind of jittery, but uh, they 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 did that well. They worked with that limitation really well um, by you know de- using decompression to their advantage for speaking scenes and mm-hmm. and you know saving it for the punches. And and I mean I feel like I always feel like when the animation is like that, just knowing. Yeah, I mean, animation budgets are what they are, but I also feel like in almost every instance, it's a style choice, right? They, that's, that's what they, I thought they it was. They made a style choice to present the animation in that way. And they matched the comic really It looks just closely. like the comic. I thought yeah. it was, I mean, it, it almost, other than the fact that it is fully animated, it's got that motion comic feel in the sense that it looks just like yeah. what those panels are. Is that something you notice? Are you, are you, do you notice like when animation is quote unquote bad? Is that, Tim, is that something that, that... Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I noticed the animation and I, and to me, it, it really read like trying to create comic panels sure. in an animated format. Yeah. You know, so there are times where the background really doesn't move and the characters will move within that mm. background a little bit. Yeah. That looks kind of weird. Okay. But to me, it's all felt like, well, this is the stylish choice. They didn't yeah. do this because they couldn't do it another way. They did yeah. it because they chose to do it this way. Well, now, um, now I wonder if I, I don't want to go back and see if I can notice anything. And I, I, feel notice like, I feel like it's all about getting used to it, right? It, it's like every animation style is different. I've had plenty of shows where I've gone into and been not thrilled about the animation style. But if I get into the show, then the animation style starts to match mm. match the show in my mind, and sure. it's not a problem anymore. We were just talking about that when we talked about uh, Way of the House Husband a couple episodes oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that, that is more of a motion comedy 
comic format, but the trailers definitely presented it more like an animated show. Yeah. And there was a few minutes where I was like, I don't know about this, but it won me over really fast. And I didn't even notice after a while with Invincible most of the time. Yeah, so with Invincible, so there were some changes. Yeah. Uh, Science Dog being changed to Seance Dog is a weird one. Nick, do you by any chance, you read a lot about shows and I don't. Do you know why they did that? I do. Um... So, Invincible is an image comic, and there are a lot of other image comics that cross over with Invincible. Um, There's a a Wolfman comic, uh, Brit is a very excellent comic, also by Kirkman, that that crosses over Mm -hmm. with it. Um, And those comics are licensed separately. Uh, Green Dragon makes a number of appearances in Invincible, and that's a completely different thing. Uh, Science Dog, the comic that Mark reads in in Invincible, in the in the comic, is its own comic now. Ah, and so they couldn't get they couldn't get the creator to sign off. I'm guessing. Well, it's created by Robert Kirkman. Interesting. But it's it's a separate IP. It's a separate intellectual property. It is not Hmm. Invincible. It is Science Dog. So. If you wanted to use Science Dog, you're talking about licensing another character for something. Uh, and, and even if it's not a matter of money, it could have been a matter of like red tape and that sort of thing. So they invented Seance Dog, who's basically Doctor Strange, but yeah, a dog. Yeah, <laughs> which I almost am more interested in reading, by the way. I would love to read Seance the, Dog. The Science Dog comic, by the way, is super fucking dark. It's a, it's a self-contained, like, one shot one volume trade about science dog and his backstory and it involves time travel and it is fucking like tragic it is really tragic but it's it's fun okay so uh who is your favorite character who was the person that when like that you just found the most delightful or just you know or you love to hate him or whatever it was who who was your favorite character i'll give you time to think uh because for me i i really really i love to hate uh and i'm gonna blank on his name the guy from the team who's uh voice yeah explode rex rexplode yeah i uh jason manzukas yes uh rexplode i find to be I, I very much enjoyed any time he was on. I love Jason Manzukis. I think he's very funny. He was in the league. Uh, he was in the good place. He's uh, he's the he's the, the the man Janet creates to replace Jason. <laughs> yeah. Derek. 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 Yeah. Uh, I think he's very funny, and and so I really enjoyed. I liked Rex. I read a little bit of the comic, and Rex Bloyd is an asshole, and I just oh yeah. I, I enjoy the asshole dynamic, but he he's an asshole who knows he's an asshole. Also doesn't care he's an asshole, but also is like self-conscious that everyone thinks he's an asshole. So he's layered. And I like that a lot. Um, uh, I wouldn't say like, I don't want to say favorite character, but definitely like the person I most enjoyed when he was on screen. I had, I had a really good time with that. Fair. Uh, I think I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to get the name right. Uh, uh, Debbie, Mark's mom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's just, it's like, there's that really nice, thing of being the normal mom of a superpowered son yeah. mm-hmm. married to a superpowered individual discovering that the person that you loved is not the person that you think he is but you still yes. love him yes and yeah there's 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 a lot of complex layers to that character that I that I appreciate. She's also pretty fucking funny. Yeah. Um, yeah she's got a good sense of humor. She, um, yes. I, in the comic, I feel like as things get more absurd for Mark and he becomes more and more of a, you know, his entire world is superheroing, mm-hmm. uh, she is our grounded character that we kind of sympathize with as the person in this yes, fucked up world. Agreed. Uh, and, and they're doing a good job with that in the, in the show, too. Um, the Mauler twins. The Mauler uh, twins. I, yeah. I love them in the comics so much. I'm really uh, not disappointed at all with how they're portrayed in the in the show. They're voiced by the guy that oh, he does so many animated voices. He's the guy that voices like Trigon uh, and Teen Titans and Teen Titans I'm Go. I'm looking for and, it up right now. Um, uh, he's, yeah, he's done like everything. Like he's in Family Guy and F is for Family. Kevin or, Michael Richardson. Yeah. So uh, the Mauler twins are great. I think they're hilarious. They're great science villains. The whole like you're the clone, no, you're the clone thing. And then just... when you find out that it's because that that whole argument is because 
the way that they make themselves, they genuinely don't know. They have to not know. They have to not know who otherwise, the clone is. Otherwise, their dynamic doesn't yeah, work. Yeah. Yep. So they like the whole. It's not. It's not like an argument where one of them knows he's secretly right. They are genuinely fighting over who is the clone. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's great. Uh, I I think they are hilarious. I uh, I have a backup second character who is a character that they added just for the show. Yeah. Um. It's in the very first episode, and I think he's in like the second or third episode. There's a guy who's guarding the White House. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy who's talking to his son about like traveling and going to see like yeah. museums or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that guy is Steve, voiced by John Hamm. And I think that is was such a fun addition to the show because it's so the co- the, the comedy and the spirit of the comic. And then his son, his son shows up later. Yeah. He's the and guy, him on he's, vacation. He's, he's one the, of the, he's well no they show up together but then the son shows up later because he's one of the grave robbers yes. at the immortal's grave yes because so. he's the guy where like when when Mark hooks the bag of trash it like lands, it lands yeah. in front of him like, later in front of him yep. like yeah yeah that's great yeah I uh, uh the uh, other yeah the, every all the characters are so good honestly but um I really I really like. I really like the way that you could, I don't know, I'm not good at, as soon as someone tells me, oh, that's whoever as the voice, I'm like, oh, I can hear it now. Yeah. But sure. for some reason I can't, even though I'm like, I know who this is, I can't like usually put it together. Um, for example, uh, Damien Darkblood, who is basically Rorschach. Uh, and Damien Hellboy. Darkblood and is Hellboy. Hellboy. Yes, Hellboy, yeah. but he's got the Rorschach He's, he's got the Rorschach way of talking. He's a, he's a, he, does, he even goes herm. And he's and, investigating the murder and of he, some yeah. And he leaves his book behind after he gets busted, and that is like... Yeah. The, but know. yes, he's also Hellboy. Yeah. That was Clancy Brown. Yep. And I would never have guessed that that's unless a, I, had, I had looked it up. That's a character they expanded greatly for the animated yeah. show. And I, again, a change that I absolutely loved. Yeah. So who uh, who do you hate? If there was a character that you were like, I wish this character hadn't, like, had been another way or someone else or hadn't been in there at all. Like, who's someone that yeah. you think we could have done without? You know, I hate to say this. Probably my least favorite character in the thing is Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's good. He's just like, I mean, he wants to do the right thing, but it, it, there, the one thing that pisses me off a little bit about this series right now is I know he's young, mm-hmm. and I know he's learning, but he's getting his ass kicked by everybody. Yeah. He's, he's uh, a real Luke Skywalker, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. just like, when is, this, when is this kid going to start kicking some ass? Yeah. He should be more, you know, like I just watched the episode where it's the cyborgs being built in a sewer. I'm like, you can't tell me that this couldn't, couldn't rip these guys apart. Right. And they're just kicking his ass six yeah. ways from Sunday. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. all the whole, like, the, he doesn't have the confidence to unlock his powers. The like, Rihanna yeah. man. Well, there's more to it than that. Um, but I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. But they get stronger the older they are, and they live for, you know, hundreds of hundreds of years. Yeah, and he hasn't been around. And he's, and he's only half. He's only half. Yeah. Well. Whatever. Viltrumite yeah. DNA is so potent that he might That's as right. well be whole. Yeah. That's right. That's is, right. Is, but, but I mean, there's also just the, you know... He's got a girlfriend, but he won't tell her the truth. And, you know, you, you, yep. you get the whole secret yep. identity yep. thing. Um, and, uh, you know, he really wants to make his dad proud. But I don't know. I mean, it's not that he's a bad character, but he's like the character that I roll my eyes at the most. Yeah. yeah. It's like, come yeah. on, man, figure out how to fucking throw a punch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, he's yep. kind of the least interesting character in a lot of ways, yeah. but that's okay because everything's kind of happening around him. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Nick, what about you? What's your who's your? Oh, least? it's invincible. It's invincible. Yeah, yeah. It, yep. it it is. It, it's it's all the reasons we were just talking about. Yeah. Like I, he's he's such a fucking whiny, like really like a Luke Skywalker. He wants to do the big thing. He wants to do the good thing. Yeah. But he also wants to. I want my girlfriend. Why can't I have girlfriend? Yeah, I. Did but so- also he's. He doesn't deserve Amber, and Amber's amazing, so... I get super frustrated when the, like, entire plot revolves around somebody who won't tell someone something. Right. Which is why I have a real big problem with all the CW uh, DC shows. Yeah. Because, like, we would watch them for a while, and after a while, I'm like, I am so fucking sick of The Flash not telling his dad and his girlfriend and his best friend that, like, he's in trouble because he's going to save them from the trouble. And, like, it just... 
So like that, I had a lot. It's a bad. It's a bad storytelling. Yeah, self choice. my answer is also invincible, but just for the sake of argument, I'm also going to say <laughs> I, I. I also don't like Adam Eve. I think oh, she's. I think she's. Uh, I think she's. I think in the show at least she was kind of poorly fleshed out. Her whole thing was just to be another superhero that Mark could talk to. And that was like her whole storyline, other than like her parents suck and yeah. she flew away to make her own world. She, she that was her whole thing. So, uh, they didn't even draw her logo right. That sucks. Like, her logo is supposed to be like the feminism symbol, the female symbol with the atomic structure around it. And for the majority of the show, they drew it as like no women. Right. It was just an X over yeah, women. It's, it was it's just the sloppy animation. The show version of Adam Eve, I was not a fan of. So, so. In, in the comics, there are two standalone books. Uh, and they, I think one of them is the, both the background story of Adam Eve and the story of, of Rex Sloan or sure. Rex Sloan is his, yeah, is his yeah. name. And, uh, their, their backstories, like their families suck Yeah, and their backstories are not super yeah. happy backstories. You can pick um, that up from the way they both behave. Yes. Yes. Uh, 100%. And, and the fact and, that they were like basically married at 15. Right. <laughs> yep. Because you know who does that? People who have bad families. Yeah, people who are trauma bonded. <laughs> yeah. Yep, for sure. Yep. That's, uh, so I like Eve, but I think my coloring of Eve has a lot to do with what I know is ahead. Sure. But also I kind of appreciate a superhero, especially with her incredibly powerful uh, powers mm-hmm. going actually just punching people isn't really doing it for me I'm going to go cure hunger yeah that, that was that was I just I, I think I just felt like she was just so relegated like it was like it almost felt like why even have her you know like it, it's just well, they got like a, the whole job is to be Mark's confidant and or love interest right yeah, they can't yeah. they can't have her around pining after him the whole time she's got to go find herself yeah, so that they can yeah. date later or whatever Okay, so let's talk uh, moments in the show that uh, stuck out to you. It doesn't mm. have to be your favorite moment, but let's just throw some moments out that you really liked. You already mentioned Nick, uh, Steve, yeah. the, the the White House guard, uh, <laughs> or whatever. Uh, I I really liked uh, I, I really liked the the, the when you all the, the when Omni Man figures out that uh, Debbie has figured out. Yeah. What's going on? And that conversation that they have where he's like trying, like it just felt like it feels like she found out about an affair and he's trying to tell her why it's not a big deal and it's over and it's okay. And it just like feels, it it, it felt like it was very interesting because this whole fight they're having doesn't feel like they're talking about the murder Uh of like seven of their best friends. At one point she's like, they were our best friends. Friends, we knew their kids and their wives and their husband. Like we, you know, like how could you do this? And it's not the, it's not the murder right. that's got her mad. It's the betrayal of her trust after well, all this time. Also, like there's this ever-present threat of infinite violence from him. Like, right. like how are you going to get in an argument with Omni Man knowing he just murdered the seven most powerful people on Earth yeah. at the same time, yeah. and at any moment, he could kill you without any he effort. Could, he could break your neck with a finger. And think yep. about how that whole relationship must have been. Like, how how hard must that have been? Because, obviously, there would have been times. There's times in any relationship when you lose your cool and you get mad and you're going to yell a little bit. But now, like, imagine that that's Omni-Man who just lost his cool about the fact that you forgot to make dinner. Yeah. Or that you, like, b- burned his favorite shirt when you were ironing it. Or that, like, you crashed the car. But that's right? the thing. He's been cool this whole time. Has he, though? Yeah. Because that's what I want to know. Like, well, she that's... talks about how he's been, his mood has changed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Since Mark got his powers. Since Mark got his powers. Since, but it was wasn't really that's why so yeah. you wonder yeah. like yeah it's 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 I, that that fight i felt was very like it felt very real and it was a moment where it was like this is what it would really be like to be married to superman and then you know and and to have that fear really you know like yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i i I mean, I, the scene that I liked, it's at the end of episode two, there's the aliens that keep showing up. And, the and Flaxons. Yeah. The Flaxons. And Omni-Man finally shows up and, and puts the other heroes out of their misery and just takes these fuckers out. But then he goes back to their planet. <laughs> Through the portal. 
and just destroys the yeah. planet. Like, just ruins their like, civilization. How dare you come to the and, planet Igar? And his line is, Earth is not yours to conquer. And if you know where it's going, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. if you know where it's going, that, that line is great. I mean, I figure on a rewatch for people that didn't yeah. already know where it was going, yeah. they're going to be like, oh, fuck. Uh-huh. But also, there is, I mean, you've already seen him murder the right. Guardians of the Globe. Right. But this is a level of brutality that's beyond that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because in episode two, you're still thinking, well, maybe we just don't know what he uncovered about the Guardians of the Globe. Maybe they're running a secret, like, horrible, like, they're trafficking women or, like... Maybe, maybe he's mind-controlled. Yeah, or maybe they all took... Yeah, maybe they are actually the bad guys and he is yeah. the good maybe guy. This, this maybe brave. this is the boys and it turns right. out that... that the Guardians of the Globe are a bunch of yeah, fuckers. Yeah, yeah. But then you uh, hear that, and it's like, well, that seems... It's weird that he didn't say Earth is under my protection. It's weird no. that he said Earth isn't yours to conquer. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I yeah. like that scene just because yeah. it's, it's good foreshadowing, but if you don't know what's coming, I think it's, you can easily good not notice it. Yeah. Um, Boy. Um, I'm trying to think of something, but I just keep coming back to... Uh, the, the White House the, No, the kind of running gag of the Invincible logo with yes. the splash screen. Yes. That, and there's a couple things about it. Is that in, in the first few episodes, they kind of bust out like, well, that's because I'm... Invincible. And invincible, yeah, right? Yeah. Or how about I go by Invincible? Yeah, yeah. And they kind of get to it a little bit quicker. Uh-huh. Uh, and then... More and the deeper into the season you go, the further and further in they wait (laughs) to say to have someone set up to say the word invincible to then do the splash screen to the point where, like, there was a moment where Molly and I were like listening to someone's conversation in the show and we're like, because I'm invincible, because you're invincible, and like it never came, and then it was like another scene and someone said, Oh, yeah, he's invincible. But then also, this is a very Kirkman thing, to have the logo get gradually more and more covered with blood as the season goes by, to the point where at the end it is just saturated with blood, not unlike Mark and Omni-Man. I I also, okay, so another scene I love is uh, when Mark, after, it's, it's a classic, it's a classic superhero, especially teenage superhero thing, when Mark finally is like, Amber, there's something I have to tell you. Oh, yeah. Uh, I haven't, and she's like, I know you're a superhero, dude. And he's like, you do? And she's like, yeah. And it's like, and she doesn't care, and it's not a good excuse, and it's, and like, she's known the whole time. Yeah. And so it's very just like, like, I love it because it's like, fuck your teenage secrets. Like, yeah. also, you underestimated her. She's way smart, and you knew that, and you should have known she would have figured it out. Three, you're not smooth. You're fucking 16. Yep. You think you're smooth? You don't know smooth. And then also, like, and she's still mad. It's not an excuse. She didn't go, oh, wow, you were saving the world so it's okay that you didn't put me first she's like no bitch like this is i made my terms clear like she gave him so many shots and 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 clear definitions of this is important to me i need you to be here will you be here oh yeah you know and i understand yeah shit happens and it got in the way but it, it was such a good like i don't care dude like i don't like it doesn't matter to me that you're a superhero like it that never mattered to me i knew the whole time it didn't make me like you it's not making me forgive you <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah really There's, great. there are so many times in this show where something happened or they showed a character and me and some of the guys i read comics with and, and talk about this stuff with we're all like, oh, fuck. They did D.A. Sinclair and the Rihanna men. That means they're going to do this later. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. fuck. Did you see when they showed everyone around the world reacting to that news? Yeah. They showed this guy. And it was just like a little throwaway thing. But it's like, that motherfucker's going to come into play later. And um, the character that uh, Marshall Ali plays... Uh, who is cast as going to be Blade in the MCU. Oh. He plays uh, Titan, the guy who can put stone over his skin that gets invincible into that huge fight where oh, he gets yeah. just about destroyed by uh, Battle Beast, the big tiger guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the dude with the axe. Yeah, yeah or like a mall kind like of a, a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just kept uh, So 
I mean, he's like he is like the kingpin of Invincible. Okay. Like the, 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 the character. No, no, no uh, Titan. 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 And and him tricking a hero to get him into that position. Like you think he's just a street level like brawler thug sure, guy, sure. but actually he is a guy with um, ambitions. And thought. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, there's a, there's so many in the the Flaxons as a repeating villain to come back or whatever. Like yeah. there's so much stuff that's exciting. That's so there's stuff to look forward to in season two. Like there is a season two. From yeah, and, and a season three. They renewed oh, it for two exciting. more seasons. And I really hope that this was popular enough for them to maybe step up the animation budget a little bit. Yeah, I think too. I mean, obviously the voice casting is amazing. Uh, I think there's there's so much story here. There are twelve omnibuses, right? Twelve hardcovers. Twelve hardcover omnibuses. Yeah. Well, the omnibuses. There's only like two or three omnibuses for the whole series. Okay. The hardcovers are like three trades. I think it's. I want to but say three like three trades is like usually like six to eight, or, or, or is like twenty four, almost twenty four comics. A, like, it's a long run, is what I'm saying. There's it's it's over a, it's over a hundred issues, right? Oh yeah. So there's a lot of story to tell, and they have barely scratched the surface at this point. Really, they mostly just did setup. It's a uh, hundred and forty four issues. Mm-hmm. So that'd be like twelve issues per. Um, per hardcover, which is like two trade paperbacks. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and a trade paperback, I know, is usually somewhere between six and eight issues of a comic, so awesome. It's 15 volumes. Well, I, I, I mean, overall, what do you, what would you get? I mean, Tim, you got two episodes left. Are you excited to finish it? Yeah, I'm looking forward to finishing it. I've, yeah. I've, I've enjoyed it a lot. Um, it's a nice, hard uh, superhero comic. I like the fact that they do things like Show these show these aliens sh- showing up and shooting up a city and killing people, which is what would fucking happen. Yes. Yeah. But also things like uh, superheroes having to figure out how to be a fucking team. You know. Yeah. They let this whole bus of people die. You fucking idiots. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and 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 shit like that. Where, you know, this the superheroes are not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, Nobody is. And, yeah. And and I like that. Even as I, even as you see people striving to do a, right. to be decent, mm-hmm. um, I, I I think it, a big difference between this and something we've, we've been critical of, like the DC cinematic stuff, especially like some of the Zack Snyder movies, mm-hmm. where you might say, "Well, like, look, this the violence is similar, the destruction is similar, and and it's really comes down to tone so much. Like, this isn't a dark." Uh, world, there's lots of color. There's they they really use the motion of animation and all that stuff. But but it is a world that's not hindered by continuity and in, in mm-hmm. intellectual property in the way that DC or Marvel is. They can kill people. They can have their punch down fights and and people can, you know. Yeah, for me, a lot of it too is that the human cost isn't ignored. Like that's yeah. the, that's the problem I have with DC over Marvel and and over this too is that DC just hand waves that with some throwaway line like "Did you evacuate the city?" Not even like coming to mind the the um, the weeks that would take. Right. Right. Like just like oh, did you evacuate the city? Yes, with a phone call. Like oh, so everyone's gone. You don't have to worry. It's just and there's they don't ignore that in, in Invincible. The human cost is real. Yeah. And, and people are dying. Superheroes are dying. Wow. Uh, the violence we should mention in case <laughs> you've gotten this far and you haven't watched it yet. The violence is amazing. Like it is. It is shocking. Like the shit because it's animated. They can get away with. Yeah. In they can do anything they want. There is some insane insane head smashing violence there well, I mean, is some really if superman gross... punched people it would be fucking gross yeah yeah and so there's some really gross stuff that i i enjoyed i think too i i what i'm really i'm really glad that this got made because it it is a little i know a lot of people were like so this is basically just like a bunch of tr- like someone just came up with new superheroes and they're all just like basically the same as other superheroes so you're like oh that's supposed to be this and that's and it's like well, sure, but I mean, read read Planetary, read other comics that yeah. do that, right? Like, that, go read the Twelve Labors of Hercules. Right, yeah, it's, that it's 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 a common thing. But what I love about it is it's a way to tell Spider Man because Invincible Spider Man, right? Yeah. To some degree, right? Right. Uh-huh. It's a way to tell those stories in different ways, and it's it's almost like a what if. 
in a, in a way, in the sense that it's like, God, can you imagine if Spider-Man, you know, had, had found out that, like, the reason he was Spider-Man was because his dad was a radioactive spider yeah. or some shit like that. But, like, yeah. a radioactive Jane, spider sent to take over yeah, the world. Yeah. But, like, Mary Jane could die. Right. But, like, actually. But, you know, his friends could die. Yes, he could, yes. yeah, there's consequences. It, there's consequences. Uh, we need to get to five questions, but please let us know what you thought about Invincible uh, what, and whether or not you're looking forward to season two. Uh, and if there was anything that you would have changed if you're a comics reader, what would you like to see them do that they didn't do? Or, or I know there were a few changes to the way that things happened. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear what you think. Uh, we have five questions from Dan Scarab. All right. You might remember recently Dan asked us five questions to try to trick us into giving him our password reset. Yeah. Which I changed all of mine. So. Yeah, we changed our yeah. password. So nice try. But he said, here's a second set of five questions. Uh, are you are, guys you, are we running like really low on five questions? We this? are actually really low on oh, five okay. questions. We've only got two more. Oh, my so God. We all right. Definitely need you guys to send them in. I know that everyone had pandemic fatigue and just the idea of even coming up with what to eat next was hard. Five questions seemed impossible at this point. Just go for it. Ask us five questions about an Invincible. Hell, I don't care. Whatever you can do, you can send those to five questions at geeks.god.com. Well, we're going to get to Dan's questions right now. Question one. We know you're all atheists, but what is your favorite Bible verse? <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, I don't know where mine is in the Bible. You looked it up for me, Molly, earlier. but I uh, it's uh It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's a very, you know, socialist Jesus I believe quote. that it was something 1924, Michael. but I don't remember which book. Michael? Uh, uh, the, it was Matthew 1924. Matthew. Yes. Uh, for me, I've always been a big fan of Revelation 2.23, uh, where Jesus commands them to strike Jezebel's children dead. It, everyone's always like, I don't know why you don't love, I, I don't know why you think religion's bad, because like Jesus was a good person and never said anything bad. Jesus said, kill these kids because Jezebel was a slut. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I thought he said, kill her kids to show her um, I mean business. So, That'll teach yeah. Us. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of Jesus being a dick, <laughs> uh, my favorite is uh, Mark 11, 12 through 14, in which Jesus curses a fig tree. Here we go. The next day, <laughs> when they had left Bethany, he became hungry. Seeing from a distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see if he would find any fruit on it. When he came up to it, he found nothing except leaves because it wasn't the season for figs. And he said to it, may no one ever eat a fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening. That's, so Jesus is pissed that a fig tree doesn't have figs on it and curses it so it never bears fruit again. And it wasn't even fig season. Like, yeah. it, you, know like what that, you know what that is? That's, a, that's one of those, like... Jesus, maybe you should have a Snickers. You don't talk like yeah, I feel like it's a little, little bit hangry there. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. It, you turn I, into your dad when you what, haven't What's eaten. fun is to go and look at, look at various uh, Bible studies that, that are trying to come up with excuses for why that verse is important. Um, instead of just going, yeah, you know, whatever. We'll just, we're going to pretend that doesn't exist. Yeah, the Revelations um, one is also good because there's lots of Christian sects that are like, oh, Revelations is all... We don't look at that. That's just silliness. And a lot of them are like, no, what actually Jesus was saying, it was not kill her kids. It was that. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, sure. well, he says strike her children right dead, but yeah. okay. All right. Question two. What is your favorite religious tradition from any of the major religions? Religious tradition. I personally uh, always really liked uh, bar and bat mitzvahs. Oh, yeah. I wish that uh, there was something like that both in secular culture and in Christianity. I know you get confirmed. It's not the same thing. It's not. The the bar and bat mitzvah is more of a celebration that you are now. I know that at 13 sounds young to be a man or a woman, sure. But the idea of it being like, a, this is, you are being introduced to the community. Here's an official ceremony. You are now a person. You're not just a kid. You know, you're now seen as, as, a, as a, a member of you, our community. Unitarians have a coming of age. Sure. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of uh, I know a lot of people who do like uh, uh, baby instead of baptism or whatever. It's like a baby name 
like announcing a dedication, a dedica- yeah, announcing yep. the baby to the community kind of a thing. I think 13 is a great time to do it because by then a lot of kids have figured themselves out a little bit more. And maybe you aren't who you were when your parents gave you a name when you were born, you know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I've always said that was neat and, and was a little envious of it when all my Jewish friends were going through it when we were 13. Uh, I shall allow for the caveat of uh, the fact that it is, an, uh, it is an example of hoarding wealth and exhibition of power. And yet I find like the Gothic Christian churches of the Middle Ages and the mm. Renaissance fucking amazing. The, the, the big, crazy. The big rose stained glass windows. Mm-hmm. The way they sound Everything's inside. Guilted. The acoustics of yeah, those buildings. Yeah. I think it's pretty amazing. I don't know that it's fair to say I like it so much as I admire it. Sure, sure. That's but, fair. But that is something I... It just I, says favorite. Yeah. You don't have to like I mean, it's your favorite. Yeah. yeah. Man, I don't... I'm having struggles with this. I don't... Uh, do you, are there any meals or, or, uh, do you like midnight mass? Or no, like, we never did any of that. Uh, so it doesn't matter if you did it, just the idea of it. You no, know about it. Like, I don't like the idea you, of midnight uh, mass. You, I would say, I mean, it's Unitarian, but you've always gotten behind, uh, our whole lives and yeah. the, the, the sex education that comes along sure. with, with Unitarian. I don't know if I'd say they're a major religion there. They're, they're, they're very, they're a sect of Christianity. They are. Unit unitar- universalism is unitarian yeah. universalism is sure. not okay yeah. all right but all yeah right. I, I I mean like Christmas is dope I guess yeah like the tradition of waking up and opening presents and yeah and, what about and, Hanukkah they with the with the menorah and the eight nights and the the I know what little it gift cell nights all right cool yeah. <laughs> cool cool all right question three these are now vilification tennis questions all right. Hey. Our religion. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite joke you've personally written for Vilification Tennis? All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, mine is hard to describe because it requires a, a physical accompaniment. But this is, I like this insult because it's a joke that I have to need, I get help from my partner on. It's, some people eat corn on the cob like this. And the person mimics eating a cor- corn on the cob from like left to right. Like, like a, a typewriter. typewriter. And some people eat corn on the cob like this. And they'll rotate the corn, the, the, the metaphorical yeah. corn as they eat it. Yeah. And, and then I'll, you know, gesture to an opponent and say, but Eric eats corn on the cob like this. And then my partner, which is uh, Molly on, on my best days, uh, <laughs> drops to her knees and mimics, like, deep-throating and blowing corn. Yeah, yeah. And then the corn, like, clearly comes all over her. <laughs> like, it's, it's, the, it's the best because, like, I get to be the straight man to, to Molly's, like, clowning and, and exaggerated physical comedy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's a team effort joke. It's a good one. I like that joke a lot. I like doing that joke a lot. Um, I, it's, it's been on my bill card, and it's, so it's probably no surprise, but I love my joke, you're so disgusting at night, raccoons knock over your vagina. <laughs> I like uh, that one too. Just because of the idea that like your vagina is a trash can, for mm-hmm. one. Right. The idea that at night, while you're sleeping, <laughs> raccoons are so lured by the scent of trash that they come into your home and try to knock over your vagina. You're like, they're like pawing at it with their little paws, trying to knock you over. I don't know. I, I, that was, it was just, it was a weird, it's a, it's a Molly special because yeah. it's weird and it, it is just a very, it I like. It conjures an image. It does mm. conjure an image. Yes. I like that one a lot. And I, of course, hardly ever vilified, but, but I do, write, I do write jokes for the website and I, I have vilified a couple of times in the last couple of years. You come to all the sessions. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the joke that I wrote that has been my favorite is uh, you're so stupid you think demonic possession is nine-tenths of demonic law. Uh, <laughs> boy. Which I've never delivered on stage because I, the one time I, I was there I was like, oh, I have to remember to deliver this joke and fucking forgot. He has uh, a so, class. That's the perfect vilifier experience, yep, which is, yep. oh, I got the best joke for tonight and then you forget it and you're like, and it would only have worked in this theme's show. Mm -hmm. All right, question four. What's your favorite joke someone else has written for Vilification Tennis? Your favorite joke Uh, someone else has written. I'm going to go back to Butch. And this is, I could find a favorite joke for literally anybody who's performed. Yes, yes. But I'll just go back to Butch Roy. He had one um, that was one of the really early, like, rule of three. Mm Mm-hmm. 
jokes, which was uh, sex with sex with you is a lot like banking. You make a deposit, you make a withdrawal, and the first thousand people get a free toaster. Yep, yep. Which is just such that 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 toaster bit. Is. And today, I mean, honestly, by today's standards, that's kind of by today, I mean today's Ville standards. That's kind of a, almost like a groaner. I know, right? But yeah. it was it was more groundbreaking. It, yeah, fifteen and years ago, a lot of it was delivery, which could oh yeah make the dumbest ass joke funny. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, for me, it is uh, uh, Heather, uh, who is one of my favorite vilifiers, uh, had a joke during the amateur show, and she's told it since, but is uh, she's married to Dave, who was already in Ville. Yeah. He'd gotten in the year before, and she said, sex with Dave is like 9-11. I was nine when it happened. <laughs> and I oh. thought, it's one of those things where it's like, no one can tell, like, there, there's no good 9-11 joke. And then she says that, yeah. and you're like, oh, my God. Like, my face yeah. melted off. I I don't think I've laughed that hard in that so long. That was a great joke. There, yeah. There's a, a, I like, Kirsten has this nerdy joke uh, that always, like, the people in the audience that it upsets are why <laughs> I like this joke. Yeah. I, I'm going to be, yeah. I, yeah. I spite love this yeah. joke. Yeah, And it's it's something along the lines of, uh, Molly's dad is a lot like Firefly. He's never coming back. Yeah. Like, get over it. Yeah. Because yep. there's always, like, half the nerdy audience is like, oh, I love Firefly. cancered fucking 20 years ago. Get right? over it. No yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. All right. And then question five. What is your fondest Ville 10 memory to date? On stage, backstage, during rehearsal, whenever. I know mine. I We did a... Like a, a competition Ville show, mm. uh, Survivor style, mm. and uh, two nights. There was two nights. Yeah, it was, it was an elimination show. Yeah, and I I won, but that's not why it's my favorite. Uh, the last two were it was me against Eric Thompson, and we had the option of getting a partner to join us, but we would have had to split the winnings with our partner. So he and, and you I, could have picked me, and, and then we would have gotten all the money because we're married, right? But, uh, as a point of pride, Eric yep. and I, we shook hands and we were like, let's just do this. Yep. Even though we two nights of Ville and we were very spent and burnt out and we went back and forth for a while and I was legitimately completely out of material and I thought I was conceding in the show by saying, you know, Eric is a, is a great friend of mine. He's he's a, a director and, and uh, performer peer that I respect, and I, I love this man, and blah, blah, blah. And said a bunch of nice things about him, and I said, but Eric, you know, you've, you've got to stop fucking kids. And it killed. It killed, and, and it ended the match right yep. there. Tim called it right there, but I, I thought that was me losing. Yep, yep. I, I remember that. It was a great moment. It was a great moment. Yeah, I, uh, 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 so we did a show, it was, it ended up being one of our, one of our last live shows, it was October 2019, uh, we did a Monsters show, Oh yeah. and uh, I decided that for the Monsters show, I was going to be my favorite monster, the Reverse Mermaid, <laughs> and it was a costume I'd always wanted to do, but couldn't really think of when to do it, and Bill's the perfect place for this, so I bought a fish costume, and I, I wore a fish costume on my top half, and I like folded it up, and I did fish like scales makeup, and then I, I, I took a very, it was a very thin thong, a flesh-colored thong, yeah. and I found a seashell at Michael's that just happened to be basically the size of my pubic area, and uh, which I tested in the Michael's by holding it up to myself and going, mm-hmm. And the lady was just like, <laughs> I was like, don't worry. But then I, I, uh, I decided I would hot glue it to the thong. But in my mind, I was like, but if I hot glue it to the thong and then I go put the thong on, it'll stretch and the glue will break and it'll break off. So I should put the thong on and then hot glue the shell to myself that way. And I did. And I barely burned my, I only burned my labia a little bit. But the point is... The, the pictures we have oh my of, God. and the, everyone's face just looking at me while I hot glue the shell to my bajingo here on my on my on my thing and realizing like my whole ass is showing while that's happening because yeah. it's a thong and I'm just like studiously gluing it and then I go ow 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 because I yeah. burn and everyone's like Molly and I'm like yes it's like did you burn yourself with the glue gun 
Yeah. Did you think that was going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, one of the pictures of that that I love is you in the in the green room, like glue gun, gun. up, yeah. like gluing it onto yourself, and you can see Lori staring <laughs> at you in disapproval. But then you can see the reflection of Lori's face in the green room mirror, looking at you with her disapproval from another yes. angle. It's more, and it's not so much disapproval of I don't like this costume. It's more like. Girl, you're gonna burn your vagina off. Like she looks yeah. very concerned. Like, what fucking lunacy? You're hot going? gluing your crotch. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Tim, um, you've been doing Ville for like 32 years. I know. Um, yeah. I, I don't remember if I told this story on the podcast or not before, but it is my favorite Ville story. Um, Pat and I, during festival season one year, took our cat to the vet. Hmm. And we were sitting in the waiting room at the vet. Um, and we were talking to another couple that were there with their pet and, uh, we were like, and it was on a Friday and we're like, well, we're trying to get, get this taken care of because then we're going to be going out to the Renaissance Festival mm-hmm. the weekend. Oh, oh, you like the Renaissance Festival? We're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, we work out there. We're entertainers out there. At like, this point it had been what? Like 10 years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we like it a little. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're like, oh, you work out there. What do you do? Oh, well, we're, we're entertainers. They're like, oh, you know what? We love the entertainment out there. You know what our favorite thing out at the Renaissance Festival is? No, what is it? Vilification tennis. Oh, fuck uh. me. And I'm like, oh, really? That sounds, <laughs> sounds like a great show. And they're like, you know what the best show of the year is? No, I don't know what the best show is of the it? year is. is they're like, it's the last show of the is year. It? The when it's like When show. it's like the dirtiest show, oh, yeah. they try to get fired. So it's dirty. amazing. Have you ever seen it? <laughs> And I was like, I, uh, you know, I, I keep meaning to. And that's the point where Pat's like, okay, um, he's the guy that stands on the bench. And they both stop and they squint. And they're like, you are the guy. <laughs> bench guy. You know, that was the bench guy. I'm the bench the guy. It's so hard it was to without tell. the hat. Yeah, I, yeah. I just, that was my favorite vilification. Well, how that's many sick. bells did you have on you when you were at the vet? Yeah, they couldn't have told. They couldn't, they couldn't have told. Yeah. No, there were no yeah. bells. That's amazing. And I wasn't wearing the hat. So that, that, was, that was my favorite. Absolutely moment. amazing. Uh, uh, and then uh, Dan says, crazy to think that at the time I'm writing this, you're at over 450 episodes and going strong. Hopefully COVID will be under control enough by episode 500 that you can have a big celebration. And we're there. I mean, we're, we're, we're I getting believe close. Yeah. We're getting I mean, we will probably hit 500 this ye- calendar we'll, year. We are over 470. I think yeah. if I do the if I did the math technically, I think it might be right at the beginning of 2022. Of 2022, yeah, cuz we're in uh, week crazy. 20 of 2021 right now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Amazing. So thank you Dan so much. We appreciate that you have supported us on Patreon in the past. Uh, we really look forward to seeing more questions from everybody. And if you are listening and you're like, I can ask five questions. It's true, you can, and you can send them to five questions at geeksthatgod.com. You can also support us on Patreon at geeksthatgod.com. Uh, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We do post on Twitter sometimes, but I have recently been locked out of the Twitter account. I <laughs> oh, what? Out. I oh, gotta shit. get back in. But uh, yeah, honestly, like we we really love hearing from you guys. It just makes every, we do this show for you. I mean, it may sound like we're just jerking each other off over here, which we are. But like, we could have not jerked each other off this whole last fourteen yeah. months. It would have been really easy to stop doing the show during COVID, and we didn't uh, because we're here for you and we know it's important to have your people and uh atheist geek people who like to be funny are your people if this is a show you're listening to so uh pat yourself on the back uh go on brush your shoulders off and uh we'll see you next tuesday bye bye Bye. hey good job everybody that was our best episode ever well you're just saying that because you're the clone i thought molly was the clone uh nick is definitely the clone geeks 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 without god Drive straight, and it'll be on your left. Okay. Or no.